Hello, and welcome back to the Angel Face Magic Hour. I am your host, Grace Lannon. I am a psychic medium and energy healer. And if this is your first time listening, thank you for being here with us. I'm really excited. Last week, we talked about signs and symbols. And I definitely had some interesting things come up throughout the week. So if you have had any signs or symbols or any confirmations that came up for you from the spirit world after listening to last week's episode, please tell me, please tell me. The other day I was walking in the park and I had a very beautiful interaction with a butterfly right after we recorded our episode and it hung out with me for about six minutes <laughs> because I know that because I was listening to two songs and at first it was flying and just showing itself its wings and then it landed on a branch and just spread its wings out for me and then it flew in front of my feet and hung out there for a while so it felt like a really beautiful confirmation for me that assistance is around if you ask for it also i thought it was interesting so Last week I went to acupuncture and I was having some pain issues. Acupuncture really, really helps me with that. And I saw a new acupuncturist. I never met her before. And I have a bunch of tattoos. I have a tattoo of a snake. And she told me, like within a second of meeting me, she was like, oh, that's so interesting, that snake tattoo. Like I just was doing a meditation and that exact kind of snake was in my meditation. And I just thought it was so interesting, a confirmation of how spirit shows up uniquely for everyone individually. She also mentioned that she had seen a turtle in her meditation and a client came through with a turtle tattoo. So I guess that's the way the spirit world is communicating with her. And I just wanted to share that as another example of how things can show up for us. And the fact that she doesn't know me or know anything about what I do as a medium or a healer. And she told me that story. She's a very chatty woman, so <laughs> she probably told everyone that story. But I felt it was for me to hear in that moment. So yeah, I'm really excited. Today we're going to be having our first two-part episode, our first two-part episode, and we're going to be having a conversation with one of my best friends in the whole world, Emma Harmon, and before we get into that, I just want to remind you guys, I am doing a Q&A episode coming up pretty soon, so if you have any questions you would like me to answer on the podcast, please email me grace at gracelannon.com and I also want to give you a little reminder to please subscribe, please rate and review the podcast, especially on Apple 
and Spotify. That really helps our numbers and helps us grow and helps other people who are not familiar with my work be able to find the podcast. So thank you all for your kind words and your feedback. And I love, love, love to hear about any little synchronicities that are coming up for you around symbology and any realizations that you had through listening to last week's episode. Another thing before we get started today, I'm going to share more information about this next week, but I wanted to remind everyone and let anyone know who doesn't already know, I teach a psychic development workshop. It's called Spirit School. It's eight weeks online and then four weeks of self-study material. Super excited. It's called Spirit School. Enrollment is currently open. There is some information on my website and on my Instagram. But next week, I'll share some more in detail. I'm also going to be sharing a lot more on Instagram. But if you've been wanting to work with me or work on expanding your own personal psychic and intuitive abilities. This is the class for you. We go into all sorts of stuff. We go into embodiment, breath work, really releasing fears and shame, anything that holds us back from connecting with the spirit world. We talk about energy healing, mediumship, chakra healing, all sorts of stuff. So that's really exciting. Class is going to begin the end of September. So I'll share more dates and details with you next week. But please, I encourage you to check it out. We have um, limited spots available. It's a pretty small class because I like everyone to be able to get individualized attention. So it's eight live classes and then you get a one-on-one session with me as well. So can't wait. Please check it out. And before we get into our episode today, I'm going to give us a little word from our sponsors. So I will see you in a minute. Hey y'all, it's me again. (laughs) I have a concept I want to outline for you before we get into our conversation with Emma. So this is a concept that a lot of people are already probably familiar with. This is the idea of the Madonna slash whore complex. So I'm bringing this up in context to our conversation today because we talk about Britney Spears. And I believe that a lot of people have preconceived ideas about what a woman should be and what a woman should do. And I think those have negatively affected Britney Spears, especially in concern with her, um, the idea that people think she is like a bad mother or unstable or crazy. So I just wanted to bring this concept to light again, because this is something that I think affects us all on a subconscious level in America, especially if you come from any kind of religious or modest culture where sex is shunned or sex is not talked about. So I just wanted to bring this concept up again 
to remind you and have you really think about that in context to Britney and to other female celebrities and also in context to yourself, how you think about yourself and how you think about yourself in the context of sex or relationships and how you view or um, even judge other women or other people in your life. So this is the idea, the Madonna slash whore complex. This is the idea um, that was posed by (sighs) Sigmund Freud. We are not a big fan. We don't love him. But he is basically known as the father of modern day psychology. And a lot of his work helped kind of pave the way for psychoanalysis. And eventually, you know, things like talk therapy systems that we study now are based a lot upon his work he wasn't the best and he definitely didn't love women um (laughs) but this is his idea so if you look at him and his history and you think about this being his idea hmm, i don't know why we love this idea but it just really seeps into our subconscious which is really um very fascinating to me because there are so many things that are kind of like subtly displayed in the media and within religion and within just school even that play upon this idea of the Madonna slash whore complex this idea that if a woman is sexually active then she's a whore and if a woman is a virgin or virginal she's a madonna so madonna we're not talking about the singer we're talking about the virgin mary mother mary the madonna um the idea that basically a woman is either a mother potentially the mother of your child or she's a dirty slut. <laughs> and so the what Freud was saying about this was basically that some for some reason men are not interested in sex or sexual um interactions with the Madonna, with the women that they view as um smart or they view as someone that might be a good mother or they view as a nurturer that is a turnoff that is something they don't want as in a sexual partner what they want in a sexual partner is being able to basically use you um and cast you away and i think that idea has really seeped into Um, our reality through movies and music and basically kind of like the idea of um, the mistress above someone being more um, like sexually interesting to them rather than their current partner especially if that person is the mother of their child so the idea is that you can't be like a nurturer you can't be a mother you can't be um stable or like um intelligent have your own ideas 
and also be sexually exciting or someone that people want to have sex with. So you kind of have to pick a lane. And that is really how a lot of women have based the way that they view themselves, unfortunately, of, oh, I can't have a sex with this person on a first date because then they'll think I'm a slut and then they won't want to actually date me. Um, or even like, oh, I'm going to have sex with this person on the first day because I don't want to actually get into a relationship. So I don't want them to think of me as someone that they could fall in love with. It seeps in. So it's just a very interesting concept. There's tons of information about this out there, but I just wanted to bring it to your mind yet again and remind you about this idea and have you just think about that in context to Brittany and basically, um, I see her as being, they pushed her into the role of the whore. They wanted her to be this like interesting, beautiful, um, fun, sexy, flirty woman. But then when she became a mother, they started, um, rejecting her in that role. They didn't, they didn't think it was good or acceptable for her to display herself sexually once she became a mother and also the idea about people being no longer sexually exciting or of like value in a sexual or romantic way not even romantic mostly sexual way when they have any kind of thing that pushes them away from the mainstream. So Brittany, having some mental illness issues, this was basically a way that society decided they didn't like her anymore because she had issues. Same with people who are queer or fat or anyone that's not white. And it's really, I think, a lot easier to be rejected sexually because people can't see you as something that they can value and cast away. You're almost too much of a burden at that point. This is not a true fact, you guys. This is just what people believe. So if you think these things about yourself, there is a lot of healing that um, is just being asked to take place because there's no reason that um, your sexual partners whether that's a lot or a little or none that shouldn't influence the way that people view you and the way that people value you and your mind it's not a mind or a body or a vagina or a dick versus a brain we have both and we're allowed to be both and we're allowed to express all the complexities of ourselves but Society doesn't really enjoy that. And so I think that is really affected people like Britney Spears and some of our other favorite celebrities. So you can think about so many examples I have for you, but I think the most important thing um, in reflection for this episode is to think about how you view yourself in relationship to your sexuality and also enjoy our fun conversation because it's not all dark and deep we're having fun today so 
I will see you guys later. Okay, y'all. So today we're going to be talking with one of my best friends in the whole world, Emma Harmon. We talk a little bit about this on the podcast. But we met in art school in 2008. We lived together for many years. We've been through a lot, both good and bad. Seen a lot of interesting things together. And she's an amazing artist, a super creative individual, an amazing cat mother to Detective Munch, which we got when we were very young. And my cat, Britney Spears, we also got together. So we've been through a lot and now she is getting engaged or she's engaged, she's getting married. So on part two, we're going to be talking about her love story, which I just think is very interesting, very synchronistic. And yeah, Emma is um, currently lives in Santa Rosa, California, where I also live. And she moved here several years ago, which was just so wild because this is a pretty, it's a city, but it's a pretty small town. There's not a lot of reasons that you decide to move to Santa Rosa. I moved up here five maybe six years ago uh, my family lives in Sebastopol which is the town over I moved up here during a pretty emotional time for me a little bit of a mental and physical health crisis and I also moved up here to go to beauty school so I got my esthetician's license up here and then I've just been kind of hanging out since but out of kismet, beauty, and joy of the world, Emma moved here just because she got the amazing opportunity to work for the Charles Schultz company. So if you don't know Charles Schultz, you do. He is a creator of the Peanuts, Snoopy, Charlie Brown. You know those people. Um so here in Santa Rosa, we have a museum and then the headquarters is also based here for the Charles Schultz company. And that's where Emma works. So she randomly, wildly enough, got a job here. And now we both live here, which is so crazy. Um, so we lived together for a long time in Oakland. She did some traveling and then was in Portland for several years. So it was just crazy crazy world that she got a job here and yeah she works for the Charles Schultz company very interesting she works with fashion brands and all sorts of cool companies to basically lend out the image of Snoopy and the peanuts so she's gone to work with Marc Jacobs um, NASA Uniqlo all sorts of really cool projects so she is living here now and I decided that I wanted to have this conversation with her. So we get into some fun stuff. We talk about Britney Spears. And then next week, like I said, we're going to be talking about Emma's kismet synchronistic love story. And yeah, I'm just so grateful to have her support. Emma has supported me throughout all my various endeavors, um, letting me do spray tans on her, doing photo shoots for my clothing um, line, my 
um, art projects, um, getting facials from me. When I started doing Reiki, she got a Reiki treatment from me. She's let me practice mediumship on her when I started doing medium readings. So it's amazing that she is just here to support me. So I'm very grateful for that. And I think you guys are going to love her. And so please stay and hang out with us. And I can't wait to share our conversation with you. All right. I'll see you soon. Hello. And we're back with one of my best friends. Today we're going to be talking with Emma Harmon. I'm really excited and happy that you would come on my podcast. Hi, guys. So this is Emma. I'm going to have you just introduce yourself. Just tell us briefly how long we have been friends. Okay, so hi. I'm so excited to be on this podcast. Um, Grace and I have been best friends for a really long time, like a, like a significant chunk of our lives. Um, I think it's like 13 years. That's a long 13 time. years? That is a really long time. Wait, 13 is a good, a good number too. But yeah, since uh, mid-2008, we've been like best friends. And as soon as we met, we were like addicted to each other. And yeah. Yeah, so Emma and I met in college um, in 2008, which feels like not that long ago, but apparently it's like ancient <laughs> according to TikTok. Because so people, long ago. People are romanticizing those times. But, um, yeah, we met in art school, and we both got our BFAs in printmaking. We fi- did. Fine artists. I, yeah, I feel like we also, like, my decision to pursue printmaking was, like, heavily influenced by, like, you and our friendship and your art and my respect for you. Oh, thank you. I don't know <laughs> if it was the right decision, but I'm glad you made it. <laughs> it was a bad decision, in my opinion. Yes. Yeah, so I want to just ask you some fun little questions just to get us started on our conversation today. Okay. And then we're going to be talking about some interesting stuff. We're going to be talking about Britney Spears, our um, idol, queen, icon, legend. Mutual. <laughs> Extraordinaire. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and well, yeah, we're going to talk about some other stuff going on with Emma in her life. So please stay and hang out with us today. So, Emma, I'm going to ask you, is there anything in your life right now that is inspiring you? This could be a song, a book, a person, even a color. Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of things that are inspiring me all the time. I would say the current ones are... Um, the current ones are corny, but the first thing I would say is, like, love. Love is inspiring me greatly right now. I just got engaged this summer, and I'm very, very high and, like, fucked up on, like, love and romance, and I'm also just, like, really in love with my family and getting to be able to, like, see them again after a while of not, like, of, like, sort of some separation from my family, which I'm, I'm very close with. Um, the second one would be Doja Cat, who is just, like, bringing something, like, very different and spicy to me right now to, like, pop music and rap 
and dance and the internet. Like, she's just, like, really giving it to me. Um, and I the like... The music videos. The music videos are crazy. Her face is crazy. Her, like, just sort of outlook and presence and everything is so fucking sick. I just... Uh, can I cuss? I just, of course. Okay, okay. <laughs> this, this, well, we're technically clean podcast, but um, I definitely have sworn on the okay. podcast. I'll try to avoid. We could Sorry. say explicit things, though. Okay. So Doja, <laughs> Doja definitely inspires me. Like, she just really fascinates me and makes me feel, like, young and, like, horny and, like, just oh, yeah. happy. You know, I love her. Um, and let's see. Um, the color orange. I'm wearing orange right now. You are wearing orange right now, and it's, like, kind of my favorite tone of orange. It's, like, just a little turn red. Um, then your, like, classic, like, pumpkin orange. And, yeah, I would say those are the things that are kind of just, like, bopping around in my, um, in my head right now. Does that, is that a good answer? Yes, it's a great answer. <laughs> okay. You gave us a lot. Okay, cool. You gave us a lot. Thank you. Yeah, and then another question I like to ask people is just, wh- what is something that you would include, like, as part of your, like, self-care routine? It doesn't necessarily have to be, like, something you do every day, but something that you like to do that makes you feel alive, that makes you feel like you're taking care of yourself. Um... So this changes all the time, and I think it especially changes seasonally for me personally. Um, there's, like, I feel like I have my, like, really specific rituals that are, like, seasonal. So there's, like, four per year or so. Um, and I'm, like, really excited to be transitioning into bath season. Yes. So I'm a big bath girl, and I just took my first two baths. In the last week, we had like some colder weather up here in Sonoma County, and I was very excited about that. And I took like a really early morning bath, like a 6 a.m. bath the other day, mm. and it was freaking lovely. I had a bath bomb left over from last year, and that was really wonderful. And then my other thing that I do that feels really like just like a quick reset, a quick heal, is going to the cemetery that's right by my house, you're very familiar with. We walk there together quite frequently, and I walk there almost every day. Um, I take my dog there. He's getting a little bit older, and so he actually can't take long walks every day anymore because he gets too sore, and then he can't, like, walk. But anyway, that's besides the point, but... I walk there almost every day, and it's a massive, you know, um, rural, antique cemetery, and just, like, looking at the headstones and, like, reading the little inscriptions and dates and stuff is, like, very meditative for me, and also just makes me feel less, like, terrified. (laughs) And alone in a time and an age that is very, like, it's a little scary. Like, you know, uh, my mortality sometimes scares me and that definitely brings me back to earth. 
Would I have a question. Okay. Would you want to be buried or would you want to be cremated? So I know that environmentally speaking, it is much more um, like practical and kind to the earth to be like cremated and like thrown about that's, that's <laughs> or whatever. True. But like personally, if I think about like my body and my like preference and, I, you know, I haven't made a forever decision. Um, hopefully I won't have to for a little bit, but, um, I, when I think about it and my body and everything, I think about like my full body and skin and all of that, uh, going into the earth intact. And I prefer that idea to like a cremation ashes sort of thought, but I think it's probably more, um, societally practical to be cremated and either like interned or scattered <laughs> um but yeah I prefer like a full body in the dirt what yeah. about you um I don't know when I was little I'd always say that's kind of idea of like I would want to be buried <laughs> I was just talking about this the other day but um I wanted to be buried like in a shroud like in the ground yeah basically the tree seedling so that my body would like become the tree that that's would... how i feel yeah. so i know there's a thing that people call green burial now i don't know a lot about it but i know it's something like where they don't use like certain chemicals that they typically do with like embalming bodies and stuff so i don't know if enough about it but i don't know if enough about it either and i would love to learn more and i also but know it that sounds they're appealing. like they're yeah it sounds very appealing and i also know they're just like there's not enough, enough ground yeah, to that's put true. all of you guys in it. And I'm like, okay, I hear you, but I would, like, do I get a choice? Like, do I get a, I don't know. If you live in a city, if you live in California, it's so populated. If I had a choice right now today, I would want, like, my body, like, yeah, put in the ground, maybe with a tree, like with the seeds. Mm -hmm. I think that's a thing now. Like that, I've seen it on the internet, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but they put you in, like, some kind of the casket is something that's, like, more compostable. Than, yeah. Because in the wood, I think they put cement between the wood. And so... Which is bizarre. So then it's just, like, a box with your bones? Yeah. I think that's weird. I don't want a box with bones. <laughs> I want more of a, like, my body literally composts yeah. underground. And I think that's what our energy does. Like, we just turn back into the earth and then yeah. we become something different. Yeah, that that would be ideal to me. But I also kind of think, like, it will be lights out for me at that point. Like, this me. Yeah. Like, you know, Emma on Earth today. And so, you know, as long as my family is, um, like, happy and not disturbed, <laughs> I don't know that I'm, that I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. My dad had uh, some friends that they own, like, this farm and they buried, like, their grandpa, like, on the property, which I think, I think beautiful. is beautiful. And that's, like, a lot of people don't get the chance to do that just because we live in cities. And we live in cities and people don't have land and land that is, like, you We're know, so welcoming. disconnected, too. Yeah, completely. I mean, that would be totally ideal. Maybe I'll own some fucking land. Ooh. 
<laughs> you can swear <laughs> as much as you want. It's not a big deal. Um, oh, the listeners love it. Okay. So, this is my question I, I like to ask people. Um, so, if you were to be able to have, like, a roundtable discussion with five people about, like, consciousness and God and, like, what is the meaning of life of those kinds of conversations um, that are alive. That are alive? Dead or alive. Dead or alive. Okay. Who would they be? Five. Okay. Oh, my gosh. That's a really good one. I feel like I'm going to sound so insane here. Um, <laughs> okay. So... It's funny because there's, like, so many people springing to mind, but it's sort of, like, am I trying to just, like, grab my five people that I want to pick their brains, or am I trying to curate a really lively convo, <laughs> which are both fun questions. It's your questions. decision. I would pick number two if I was you. Like, curate a like fun we conversation. Want to find some info out. Okay. So, for everyone, not necessarily just for you. Um... I would like imagine choose, like a TED talk, like a TED talk, like a like a really interesting conversation about life and God and culture and art and everything. Okay, so I would choose the first person that springs to mind is uh, Frida Kahlo. Um, who is an artist that I love and respect. I wouldn't call her my favorite artist, but I know she's an artist that is very sort of like watered down in culture and licensing and, and like all of that. And very commercialized, with it, which is a function of licensing, which is my um, uh, industry that I work in, full disclosure, but is something that's interesting to me. But I think Frida lived a life that was so unique and her perspective was so unique and so beautiful and her output was so important like there's a reason why she is so popular and saturated um so Frida I would love to talk to Frida I'd love to talk to Charles Bukowski that's a little controversial one I know people aren't a huge fan of him a little bit of a misogynist um, but I think they would have an interesting discourse. I actually think they would crack on pretty, pretty brilliantly. Um, oh Lord. Then I would have to say Princess Diana. Of course. <laughs> I would have to say Lady Di. Um, I would just love to see her. More than anything, I'd love to see her at 60 something years old as she should be. She should be here today, and um, I think that if Diana had lived, personally, my thought is that she would have been a super activist. She would have changed the world. She would have um, changed the uh, monarchy. I don't need to go on a Diana tangent right now, but okay. So I have Frida, <laughs> Charles Bukowski, Diana. Um, oh gosh, two more. Okay. Oh God, this is like putting me on the spot big time. Um, I'd love to talk to Marsha P. Clark. Uh, that's probably like a kind of corny answer too. 
Um, and who else am I bringing into the conversation? I think everyone so far is dead. Maybe there's a live person. Oh my god! I don't know. Can I can I stop it for? <laughs> no, you have to choose five. That's, okay, that's okay. what the question asks. Okay, okay. The question begs one more person. So, well, if you want to step in as the fifth person, you yeah, can be the on the panel if you so choose. I, I'm the fifth with Frida, Charles Bukowski, Diana, Marsha P. Clark. Um. I feel like that would be a party, first of all. I think we would um, really have a good time. We'd probably have some really good cocktails, maybe a drug. And we would have a really fun time and we would have really good conversation. Because these people, I think, all like to party, but also like to talk more, which is very much my profile. Uh, I feel like. I like to party, but I like to talk more. <laughs> Is well, that okay? Well spoken. Yes, that's perfect. Thank you. Is that an okay answer? Okay. There is no wrong answer. That one, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get back to the listeners. Listeners, stay tuned, because <laughs> um, I feel like I could maybe come up with a less trite list, but. There it is on the record. There is no wrong answer. <laughs> okay. Amazing. So one last question before we get into our Britney Spears conversation. So what is something that you like to do that other people might make fun of you for? Unrightfully so, they shouldn't, but... But they might. But they might. Oh my god, there's so many things in this category. I literally could list so many things. Um, I'm a huge 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 unabashed reality tv fan as, so as am i <laughs> i love i love reality tv i think it's like more thought provoking and engaging than like most shit that's scripted on tv um another thing that my fiance makes a lot of fun of me for is my and i was just telling you about this before our before we started recording, um, I'm obsessed with ASMR and I feel like it gets a bad rap and I think it is really unfair and I really like it. I like watch this like British woman, like tell me about how she's like cleaning my cuticles Mm. and I fucking love it. And I think it's really soothing. Um, gosh, what else? Yeah, you only have to give us one, but we'll take it. We'll take that. Okay. Yeah. So pro- probably like the things that could be made fun of the most or, or like derided the most socially as like not like not smart or not cool or whatever are like um, interest in reality TV and uh, pop culture and then also the ASMR thing. I know people don't get it, but I'm like give it a chance so tell us what is like your your 
your brand of it? You like the cuticle cleaning? Do you like the food or you only like... No. Tell us what kind of ASMR you like. So the ASMR that I like and I have been listening to now, I want to say I got into ASMR, like, no offense, like, before most. And I, no, got, I remember you telling me about it before it was yeah. like trendy. No, I, I truly told everyone about it. I'm, I'm, I started it. No, <laughs> but, but way like years and years and years ago, I want to say like maybe eight years ago or so, if I'm like calculating this correctly, I had a terrible headache and I was staying at my grandma's house and I had to stay on the couch and I was not only staying on the couch at my grandma's house, but I was staying on the most uncomfortable couch at her house because there was a bunch of people there and I had a terrible headache and I couldn't sleep and I was just like really annoyed and like uncomfortable and didn't feel good and sober and just like annoyed and I like looked up on YouTube like, um, like help with headache, sleep help me sleep, like something, something, something. And I found this chick and she has a channel called Psyche Truth. Oh, and she, I, 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 I'm follow, I know who she oh is. Oh God, okay, I love her. Her name's <laughs> Karina Rochelle, Re, Karina Rachel, but she sends it in different accents sometimes. But yeah, um, and she was doing like a tutorial about how to like massage your own head, but she was like whispering it and there was no microphone in sight. And I was just like, why does this sound sound so good to me? And it relieved my headache insta instantly. It made me fall asleep. And I basically started listening to her every single night forever. So anyway, all of that is to say, I feel like I was early on this tip. Karina was early on this tip. Psyche Truth, look them up. They're like shadow ba banned on YouTube because YouTube... They post kind of weird massage videos sometimes that the well, the, the photos look a little sexual. Yeah, now they do. <laughs> and but I'm I like, also, what's up with that? But when even when I click on those ones, they're like, they aren't sexual. I think it's clickbait, like to get people to click it. Like it's they put that picture of like someone's lower back and then someone will click it. Yeah, and then... YouTube has actually completely shadow banned her. I wonder why. Well, because she talks about like alternative healing. Yeah, completely. And they have like totally effed over her channel and her livelihood. And she has never done anything. I mean, I've seen way, way more effed up like things on YouTube. And I know it's weird. They recently are changing their policy even more to to like basically prevent people talking about certain things to yeah. do with health yeah. probably because of the pandemic and they mean well to help people and there's not too much, get wrong information i but get it because there's too much content it's stupid to literally suppress like meditation like my content gets suppressed i like literally just meditate it does and like and so you know now i've like i have mul like a bunch of different um youtubes that i follow and watch regularly um, so you like do, the, like, so, kind of like I'm doing a treatment on you type of... Yeah, I there. like that I'm doing a treatment on you, like you're coming into the spa, and I'm like looking at your eyebrows, and I'm like, you know, doing this to your skin, or I'm typing in your info, and it's just like really soothing to have like a, just like a gorgeous woman telling you like, um, like I'm taking care of you. Like, don't worry about it. Like, you're 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 safe now. <laughs> it sounds so goofy, but like, of course, that's what we all want. And yeah. it's like, 
it's like pampering, you know, it's very, um, it's very soothing to me. It helps me fall asleep a lot. I have a busy mind and sometimes it's hard to quiet down the like, oh, I'm going to do this tomorrow. Or like, what if I did this with my painting? Or what if I, um, did this or like, what if this person hates me or whatever? <laughs> exactly. And yeah, so ASMR is like a, I'm a huge fan. I have been a, like a, a fan since the, since the beginning and um, yeah I don't like the ones where they're eating I don't like the ones where they're just like making sounds like, yeah I, I see this that. one girl on TikTok who does a lot of like types of sounds and I don't like that but she does nail clicking and I like the not back and forth not back and forth I hate that no but Acrylic nails tapping. Tapping. I like the I tapping. Like that. If you click your nails back and forth, my mom used to do that when I was a kid, I and hate, I would no. scream. I don't. I don't like the just. And there's like a way different sound between sounds. a natural nail and an acrylic nail. Like, if you have natural nail and your ASMR, I won't like that. No. Yeah. I like the. I like the acrylic nails that sound like plastic, and I. I like the sounds that sound like you're doing something, like you yeah. are typing or something. I don't want just like, like like tapping on the microphone or whatever I recently got like this thing on TikTok somebody or you know somebody popped up on my TikTok that was like they do ASMR that is like I can't remember what she called it but it was like chaotic or something Whoa. and she was like <laughs> acting like really like 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 jumping around and being like like talking really fast and and somebody in the comments I think that would annoy me. Yeah, somebody in the comments was like, "Why are you acting like so crazy? Like you see like why like I think this is really soothing." And she's like, "Look it up. It's called like chaotic ASMR." And I was like, "Okay, this is it's like a different brand, yeah. It's a different brand. I'm like lot. I'm here for anyone and everyone who's getting on the ASMR train with me." But, yeah, that's not my thing. I don't like the food ones. I don't like, like the of, food like, ones. Chewing. I, I do not that. like any kind of, like, mouth, like, chewing, smacking, licking, any of that. Not, no. I just want someone to be like, hi, welcome. We're so glad to see you. Okay, I'm going to put this mud on your face and your mm. nostrils. And then I'm gonna, Not your and nostrils. I'm, well, you know, you know what I mean. Like, I'm going to get in your pores and I'm, I'm, I'm blissed out. Hell yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Emma wants me to get into the ASMR game, so. That's what I'm we'll trying see. to We'll see. TBD, you guys. I'm trying to get you into it also because I feel like how like comforting and like safe it feels like what if it was my best friend <laughs> <laughs> i'll make one just for you, you know, like and my, see how it goes my best friend telling me like oh you're so comfortable let me pull your hair back for you and i'm like i'll be like snoozing i'll be i'll, be, I'll so... do one for you and okay. then i'll see how i like it okay and, and i maybe... know that I probably will like it. I mean, I do. I know my meditations are very soothing. People definitely fall asleep to them, but it's not the same of like that. I'm speaking directly to you, type of vibe. You know. Yeah, you need to do the the speaking directly to you, and also I'm gonna just like go ahead and on this episode of Angel Face Magic Hour, start the GoFundMe for Grace to get like a 
$2,000 microphone. <laughs> yeah, I need one of those ASMR, like, fancy microphones, you guys, so. So you can, like, whisper to me in my ear. If like, you want to listen. Tell me everything's going to be okay. You can Venmo me at Grace Interrupted. Um, or Let's PayPal. Grace going, at Grace. Wait, no, it's Grace.Lannon at Yahoo.com on PayPal. I also have Cash App, but I don't know what the thing is. <laughs> I'm going to post it. But, yeah, we will gladly accept any and all tips. <laughs> yes, we will. Amazing. Well, I'm excited. Um, now we're going to talk a little bit about our queen, icon, legend, Britney Spears. If you guys pay attention at all, I'm sure you've been hearing a lot about the free Britney movement that's been going around. What has it been, like, five years? No, Three so, years? oh my god, Seven I know years? too much about it. So, it's been going on for exactly, um, so, early 2019, like, March 2019, so that's, like, two, a little less than two and a half years. Okay, so not as long as I thought. But if you weren't aware, Brittany was, well, she's hopefully going to be out of it soon, but she was under conservatorship, basically, since she had her big meltdown. Everyone was familiar with her shooting her head. Um, basically, they took advantage of her and her mental illness and her family and a lot of other people are making a lot of money off of her and so we're very happy to see that things are starting to shift and you guys have might have seen a lot of stuff about that in the news recently but we just wanted to talk about Brittany how much we love her and um we got to see her in concert together right. so that was really exciting when was that 2000 it was like 2000 i want to say it was 2010 i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure there. it was like summer 2010 so it was after the conservatorship uh came into place which was like 2007 70. to 9 yeah. like when all the legal stuff cuz when they first did the conservatorship it was supposed to be temporary it was yeah. supposed to be like a couple months and then they like randomly made it um permanent and that was like a really pivotal moment because i don't think it should have i think maybe maybe some kind of legal action was warranted right there in that moment when she was like freaking out and having a really hard time um but then like it should never have been made permanent and now we here we are 13 years later but yeah grace and i saw her in i'm pretty sure it was summer either it was either summer 2010 or summer 2011 well, it was whenever it was, world, like kill the world dance whenever that song was popular yeah <laughs> And like that tour with I mean with Nicki Minaj. Nicki Minaj opened. Yeah, Nicki Minaj opened for her. We it was in Sacramento. We were super close, and Nicki Minaj literally looked at us. We were front row. She literally looked looked at at us. us. Um, she did super bass. We fucking freaked out. We were like in the cutest outfits. It was super fun. It was a femme fatale, right? Yeah, femme femme fatale. fatale. Yeah, yeah. That you're for all our Britney heads out there. So I think. I want to say, yeah, I can't remember. It was for your birthday. Mm-hmm. My 21st remember. birthday, so it was that will 21st? help us learn. So 2011 then. Yeah, no, no, it ha- wasn't my, it had to be my 20th birthday. Cause my 21st, I went to see her in Vegas with my mom. So, so it had must to be 20th. So it was, 20, it was 2010, like I said. Yeah, 2010. Okay, so yeah. Oh, God, my, 
Sometimes we're bad I think at memory. My my memory sometimes sucks, but sometimes it's really good because that's what I said at first. So 2010, we went to see her. We are both lifelong Britney super fans. Like I feel like that's one of the first things we bonded over. Even I'm sure. I'm sure of it. Where we were like, I remember okay, in the house that we lived in together. Like, so we met freshman year in college, and the school we went to. You live in the dorms the first year. And then the second year, we lived together with a bunch of people. And in my room, I had, like, a bunch of Britney Spears posters. Yeah. And I know that we talked about it all the time. Um, like, we were definitely both of the, you know. Britney and Mariah. I feel like Brit- bonded over both Britney and Mariah. Yeah. And, like, we were both sort of, like, 90s kids, both born in 1990. And um, where you, like just grew up with, like, Mariah, Britney, like, even Spice Girls. Yeah, Christina. Christina, like, pop music was just, like, very, like, formative at that time. And, like, we almost kind of, Britney's older than us, but not that much older than us, and we almost, like, grew up with her. And um, we definitely bonded over that. And I have always loved Britney Spears, and I have always sort of, like, raised an eyebrow to this um, conservatorship situation, but, like, never really knew what to make of it, and it kept, it, they kept it so sort of secretive and, like, just, like, private, and, like, I tried to just kind of respect that as a fan of, like, you know, Brittany might need some extra help. Like, she's had a really hard life. Like, I don't know what's going on over there. I'm not going to, you know, judge or assume. seems a little crazy that she's still under that. And then you hear reports like her dad is, like, in charge of it. And I'm like, that's a little weird, you know. Like, that, that's a little, like, that dynamic must be a little strained. But I also don't know anything about conservatorship. So I was always also always like, well, who else is going to run it in your family? And what we've learned in the last couple of years is shocking. And, like, relating it back, I think, to, like, the subject of your podcast and just sort of, like, spirituality and the self and autonomy and all of that stuff. Like, I see Brittany as somebody who is really powerful, really spiritual, really, um, like, in tune with herself and being a woman and, like, um, just, like, expression and dance and ecstatic, you know, all of this stuff. And, um, I don't know. It makes me really sad, like, the developments to learn that, like, this is really, really not her choice. And I'm, like, that there are legal ways that somebody could be enslaved like this. Yeah, I mean, a lot of times, I don't, I'm definitely not an expert on conservatorship, so don't at me. But a lot of these things are used for people who are, like, dementia. Like, they're not fully capable of taking care of themselves. Mm -hmm. And to have, like, a couple of emotional breakdowns, I don't think warrants someone to be stuck in something where they're not in control of anything and yet you're still being forced to sell out stadiums and sell perfume and like make millions and millions of dollars yeah. and I think like 
for me, she symbolizes so much of that, like, yeah, that power of, like, femininity, and that's, like, something that people don't like. <laughs> that's scary to them, and I think they created her to be this, like, sexy icon like that was the image that they created for her and then when she was able to like step into that and like want to own that for herself and create her own choreography and dance moves like that was like oh they were like oh no you can't do it that way you have to do it the way that we want you to do it yeah and I think that a lot of a lot of pop stars don't really like put in the effort of like wanting to create their show I think Gaga is an exception but yeah, I think a lot yeah. of it's like oh okay I have the idea of like that I want to make music and then someone produces it and then they give you kind of like the yeah. aesthetic the they look. like plug you in to yeah. all of that and Britney is definitely not that Britney is an artist. like they want her to be that and she's not that and that's like yeah them. yeah absolutely and I think also like her like, very much in that, what you were just saying, like, they wanted her to fit in a box or be exactly like this and never do that and, you know, sort of, like, conform a bit. It's like, Brittany is a woman from the South. Like, she's, you know, raised in rural Louisiana. Like, she is quirky and she is basic and she is just, like, she's very very much herself and there is no training all of that out of her and I think that like it freaked the public and her team and like her like the people like sort of um illustrating her image out when she was just like okay yeah um I'm 27 and I love Starbucks and like you know, weird outfits and, like, weird crop tops, and I'm just gonna, you know, I'm a mom now. Like, I'm gonna let it all hang out. I'm gonna go to Starbucks. I'm gonna hang out at the gas station. I'm gonna, like, you know, act it's out like of it. It's, all normal stuff. It's completely normal. Dude, if you think about it, you know, when she went, when they put her under this thing, she was 27 or 28. Like, now she's in her... What? Now she now she's 40? pushing 40. Like that's a whole Brittany, late 38 or something like yeah, that. Yeah, she's 38, 39. I think she's going to be 40 in December. She's a Sag. She's a she's a very classic Sagittarius. I love her for that. And like the whole Britney free Britney movement right now is like free before 40. Like before she turns 40, like she needs to be out of this. But yeah, I think that like, you know, at 27 she was just like fuck it, fuck you guys, I'm making millions, and even at the time was like, I'm, you know, supplying the livelihood of, like, so many people, like, I can do whatever I want, and it freaked people out, and they were like, no, you need to be more wholesome, you need to be more polished, you need it's to like, be It's like, why is it her responsibility to make sure kids, like, don't have sex? It's not. <laughs> it it's doesn't literally make sense. not. It makes no Especially sense. Especially, it's like, okay, maybe say, like, they were so weird about her being a virgin and stuff for so long, but it's like, I can't kind of get it when you're 16, like, but when you're, like, a full-grown adult and they're still, like, you have to act a virginal, like, yeah, uh, it's just, like, 
It's weird. It's creepy. mixed messages, and I feel like it's very like it's like a really America good allegory. In a I was gonna say like <laughs> it's an allegory for American like it's just like such Christian ideals. Yeah, where we're like, oh, you have to be super sexy and advanced as a woman, and like poised and all of these things, but you also have to be totally virginal, and like there is still this like weird expectation of like uh you know like holding off until you're married and you're like an honest woman and all of these things and it's just ridiculous like Britney Spears is a they made her a very worldly woman yeah they made her like a very very young age like slave for you dude yes that video like first of all the song Second of all, the video, they're all, like, sweaty. There's, like, a, like, they're, like, gyrating on each other in the club. Yeah, and I think... Girl, I mean, aren't they, like, dying because it's, like, too hot or something? There's something weird in that video. Yeah, that, that video is weird. The lyrics are weird. The, the concept is weird. I mean, it's one of the best pop songs of all time. But it is very weird, and it's uncomfortable in the modern context. Just, like, what we're going through and talking about as a society today but then also in the context of her conservatorship it's just like holy shit you know yeah work bitch communist manifesto yes yes and i feel like was like a direct message to her to her conservator her machine yeah and like lou taylor are you familiar with lou taylor so yeah lou taylor um I tell I just, the listeners. A okay. Little. So Lou Taylor is this business manager and she is a evangelical Christian business manager who's out there in Hollywood who's been involved with tons of celebrities that you have heard of, but obviously most famously Britney. And she also, just as a quick side note, um, very aggressively attempted to conserve both Lindsay Lohan and Courtney Pierce? Love. Oh, Courtney Love. That's very Courtney Love. Yes. Um, very aggressively attempted to take control of their lives and finances and, um, like, solicited their families to, like, sign on with her. And she would get things under control and, uh, you know, make things right, i.e., enrich their families while you know basically enslaving like i hate using that word sort of flippantly but i don't think it's flippant in this situation enslaving the talent to the families and the interest and the trust and the estate and she's a bad fucking woman and she also get this she also um owns a ton of companies across the south of the United States um, that uh, work with nursing homes. That's interesting. So she owns like all of these companies that basically their interest is in like locating seniors that have money and putting them into nursing homes and putting their estates into like putting them in conservatorships basically. So this is her game. And she's actually slipped up and talked about it in the interviews before where she's talked about, um, like, this is, like, a new business model 
that like you find these people who have a lot of money that maybe can't care for themselves so well and but they're not ready to die yet and they're not ready to give up their wealth yet and you take them and you can serve them and um, then the young people or like vampires in their life can like uh, extract that wealth early and then she gets a cut of every single one of these so there's like significant evidence that this woman like her whole game is like finding mentally ill people or old people that have funds that are just sitting and you know instead of like letting time play its role she wants to get them in conservatorships take 10% a Kris Jenner of evil intentions if you will and uh, just strip their rights their constitutional rights and that is exactly what she did with, with Britney Spears and it's wild to me that for 13 years we all like one of our most beloved celebrities was under this and we couldn't see it and I think a lot of people too like I think it maybe in the last few years like it's way more acceptable to talk about, like, mental health and, like, a lot more celebrities are, like, oh, like, Selena Gomez is, like, I'm anxiety. Like, people are talking about it, and I feel like at the time it was, like, mocked. Like, people would make fun of her for having an issue. Absolutely. Or, like, people would say, like, I'm 5150, like, as, like, a joke, like, when people were acting weird. Like, yeah. So many people were so, like... Yeah, disrespectful of her. I mean, even the, just the whole paparazzi situation yeah. of, like, following her around, like, during a f- episode, basically. It's and I live in scary. guilt about that. Like, I read Perez Hilton. So, for me... I so, read, yeah, every Star magazine, every Perez Hilton, the, like, the cum face shots. Yeah. I, like, so I, I lived for it. Not like I was, like, PMC. laughing along or, like, thinking it was, like, so clever or anything. But that was my news. For me, I, I was born in 1990. I grew up in the 90s and early 2000s. The only time I was allowed to have, like, a rag magazine, like a People or an Us Weekly or anything like that, my mom would let me get one anytime we went on a flight, which was rare, you know? So I could, like, I was allowed to buy a magazine the airplane um but otherwise I was not allowed to have those magazines but all I wanted was celebrity news like I love celebrities I'm so fascinated by the glamour by the gossip like all of it and um with Perez when Perez came out in like what 06 07 and I was in high school I was like oh my god finally I can get the news of like what they're doing where they're going to lunch um online and I don't have to pay for it I was like in heaven. I was so excited. And I consumed that type of media voraciously. I was very much reading every single blog blog post about Brittany, Lindsay, etc. Yeah, Paris, Nicole, all of it. And um, so I live in guilt about that. The Olsons. Um, who else was hot back then? I feel like there were celebrities that have, but yeah, the, the big ones, I like couldn't get enough. And I read Perez every single day when I was like 16, 17, 18. 
And yeah, that was like I one of the few websites it. that I like went on. <laughs> I went on every day. And yeah, exactly. That and like really, really early Gawker Jezebel. I read that every single day. And I never felt like, like, ha, 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 like this, this, you know. No, I feel like, the, the, I'm like, those are my girls. Like, I need to know what they're doing. Like, like what are they I need up to, to? To, like, make sure they're doing okay. Exactly. But I feel like the majority of people consuming that kind of information, it's more from, like, a, like, oh, couldn't be me, like, like, glad that this rich person is, like, like shit. Yeah, and like ha ha ha, like look at this like country mess. Yeah. Like she like she's a bad mom and all of that stuff. And I remember thinking even then, even at my young age, like she's not uh you know, she's not a bimbo. She's like one of the best performers and athletes and entertainers on this planet ever of all time. Okay? She's like, she works with Michael Jackson. She worked like, like she's it. She's Madonna. She's more. And, um, but it was just like the news source. And it was so like, it was just like the earliest viral type of thing that you could consume. And I don't know. I look back on it and I'm just like, gosh, darn it. Like we we did her wrong, but I don't know, I don't know what else the, the public really could have done. And I think this woman, Lou Taylor, and her evil, crazy father, greedy father, like, like, swooped in and really took advantage of that moment and, um, they were like, holy shit, it worked. We got her under this thing. We can take as much money as we want. We can tell her anything we want. She can't say anything. She can't consent to an interview without us, let alone getting a lawyer or anything else for herself. Um, yeah, so if you guys on. didn't know, she yeah. recently was able to get her a lawyer, her own lawyer. And yeah. so things hopefully are looking up. Yeah, I'm really hopeful. I'm actually really, really hopeful. He seems like a badass, and he's right away just, like, demanding that her father step down, and I think it's the right move. I think so, too, and I think that I truly feel like she'll be able to, I don't see maybe not in the next few years, but I feel like maybe in the next 10 years she'll be able to, like, write a book or something telling her story. Yeah. Because there's so much stuff I feel like she hasn't, yeah, she has not been able to, share her true feelings until mm -hmm. very recently and even though that is like slim like it's not like she's just posting instagram lives like just talking right <laughs> but i feel like it's possible that things will change yeah i think it is too and i think um she didn't even know like based on her june 23rd testimony which if you don't know what that's about, I encourage you to, like, Google it or even listen to the podcast. I think it's on YouTube. It's on YouTube, and the podcast Toxic is, like, chronicling it, and they were the ones who did, like, Britney's gram, and they got the original voicemail back in 2018-19 uh, that was, like, Britney is in a mental facility against her will right now. Anyway, 
look into it if you're interested more. There's really good information and it's, um, it's horrifying. And the more people that know about it and like talk about it and push against it, I think the better for her. Yeah, and I think it's like bigger than just, obviously we're huge fans, so we want her to be, I mean, she's a human being, but we want her to be successful, be free, be, be happy. Free. Yes. But it is, like, a bigger issue than that. There are so many people who are not famous people. Like, we were just seeing these elderly people. And just people, like, who have mental illness. Who are being forced to be under this law. Which doesn't make a lot of sense. It does not, yeah. It's just, it's, I think it, it's riddled with exploitation. And it really needs to be re-examined. Especially in California. California's conservatorship laws are way more um, like pervasive than other places and it's often uh, um, like assault on civil rights so yeah yeah so we um, we just pray that she's free yeah free Britney bitch yes amen all right y'all thank you so much for listening Emma will be back with us next week And if you're looking to learn more about my work or to schedule a reading or a healing session with me, you can go to my website, which is my name, gracelannon.com, gracelannon.com. And please follow us along on TikTok and Instagram at angelface.grace. That's angelface. And then there's a period. And then it's Grace, which is my name. So thank you again. Love you, mean it. And I will see you next week.